Long time no talk to. How's it going? We're back behind enemy lines. Sorry, it's been a few months, different times. Um, had to be a bit careful about continuing this. Had to make sure some things were taken care of. I actually have this in a schedule every day during the week when I can. It's going to be more often. I've said it before, but um, really appreciate the feedback and people reaching out in times of need, I would say. Not meaning we are desperate as clear-cut Republicans and conservatives and Trump supporters, but it's an interesting, and, and albeit I'd say a little bit scary, I want people a little afraid. I think um, about two months ago, everyone you talked to said, okay, Congress is a lock, and we got a good shot at the Senate. That's changed a little bit, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We're going to go over some of the things happening in the election, the world, um, you know, really just chaos since I last spoke with you in April, since Russia invaded the Ukraine, you know, we're, we're seeing, and this is a great thing and a, and a good time to get back to the show because the left is less concerned with how they look and they're being more open about what they want, uh, more so than I've ever seen in my life. And I'm sure you're noticing it. The, the surprising part is not that many Democrats are concerned about that. So when I say left, I mean the leadership, and that runs all the way down from Schumer, Pelosi, to the individuals that are still trying to hold up Black Lives Matter, which has now been in, in, you know, indicted essentially in two different scams. They've shown millions of, of funds, which is hilarious because I doubt most of you, I know there's a couple if you guys come back, maybe there'll be more, which is great because I just don't know why you'd want to listen to me. I've got to drive you nuts. But hey, if you're you're into that thing, I'm not going to I'm not going to kink shame as they say, but you know, the the money they <laughs> they stole from donors is was mostly from guilt-ridden. I mean, this is self-imposed guilt-ridden white people. And and for a long time, these are the ones telling us what we need to believe, how we need to live. And minority groups, you know, as they used to be called, including Hispanics, tended to lean that way. Um, and it, this this goes back to a more slightly conservative Democrat. And there was a poll that just came out. And it's a very strong um, indication for where the Republican Party is going. It's, it's great news. We've heard this for a while, this Hispanic voter shift or swing. Um, it, it is real. You know, I... I after the 2020 election and even the 2018 election, which was completely bolstered and flipped by impeachment timing, that would have been, Trump would have had Congress with him the at least remaining two years of his presidency had it not been for when they they did their uh, second impeachment. I think that was the Ukraine letter one. The irony is just crazy with where we are with Ukraine now. But um, Hispanics since 2010 have had a net I mean, like 75% shift. Now, these are conservative Hispanics, but in 2010, voters, and this is an NBC Telemundo poll, voters identifying with, um, I, you know, Hispanic voters identifying as conservative were mostly supporting Congress being led by Democrats, okay? And, and this is incredible because, you know, in the makeup um, we, we've had a lot of different control shifts since 2010, but the preference was heavy 
heavy for Democrats amongst conservative Hispanics, or as they want us to call them, Latinos. And we'll get in a little bit to that and why this is happening. But they went from being Democrat plus nine in 2012, and these are NBC polls, now to Republican plus 56. So my math was a little off. That's a net 65-point swing in 10 years. This is reported by Mark Murray. He's a political correspondent at NBC. So this isn't coming from Newsmax, Gateway Pundit, or even Fox. And Fox's polls are pretty good, and they're not, you know, they're they're third party, right? They're they're hired out. But this is sending some shockwaves as of a couple days ago. Um, no one's really picking it up except for Fox. That's obvious. Same reason why we have Biden pardoning you know, nonviolent marijuana offenders the last couple of days and CNN and MSNBC and everyone's acting like this is a new thing. When Trump pardoned these same offenders up until his last day in office, really starting with his criminal justice reform that they hate to be reminded of. And they really make themselves forget. You talk to someone, they say, isn't that great? That's something you like. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm for that. I was for it when Trump did it. And they really can't remember. But they knew they just block it. They this is this is Trump derangement syndrome, and it is alive and well. Um, but really, Biden pardoning these these people is the only positive thing I think he's done. But going back to this poll, before we talk about where Biden is, he's not really not anywhere. But you know this this is a big deal for Republicans. It's panic time for Democrats now. It, they're bolstering it with other votes. So first of all, you look at the Latino vote, they they or Hispanic, they don't like Latinx, okay? You go on social media, you go anywhere where there's a forum of Latinos, Hispanics from all walks of life, from all different geographies in the United States, they cannot stand the term Latinx. So where does it come from? It comes from the elitist left, which before, and this is a theory of mine, before the riots and uprising and blind defund the police movement of the summer of 2020, these so-called progressive, woke, social changes, changes in our language, changes in lifestyle, the normalization of weird, bad weird, not good weird, there's such thing, but bad weird. The normalization of this came from white liberals being on a soapbox and wanting to be a part of change. They don't care. They just they just want, and they want to win. And they saw this as a way to pander to as many voters as possible. It's backfired. And the problem for those white liberals that went this route, they handed everything over to their black counterparts in the Democratic Party in July of 2020. It's all controlled by a small number of people of color, who have taken over the Democratic Party. And honestly, I don't blame them, right? I mean, this was the the taking the knee, you know, physically and figuratively was permanent. And if you remember the language, it was just a little over two years ago. I mean, it was, I saw this in my personal life around me that there were people that seized on this opportunity, people of color, and we're talking, we're essentially enabled, not entitled, but enabled to talk down to everyone else, say whatever they wanted. And if you, you didn't dare disagree, it would cost you your job. 
That was the environment. I mean, the corporate world, now the military, right? You have the U.S. Air Force Academy, and they tried to backpedal it, teaching that cadets should not say mom or dad, boyfriend, girlfriend. So they're getting, they're falling into the LGBTQXYZ mafia. All that was opened a few years ago. All that was starting before Black Lives Matter. Now there's a shift in power, and I don't think, I mean, what are the white liberals going to do? Are they going to disagree with the minorities, the militant minorities that are leading their party? They may not be Speaker of the House, Majority Leader of the Senate, or President of the United States. They are pulling the strings. They have voting power in key areas. You know, uh, AOC was already turning against Nancy before these uprisings. And Nancy and everybody got out of the way. Do you remember them and all their African um, heritage garb taking a knee symbolically? in the halls of Congress. If you don't, you got to look it up. I mean, you look back on this stuff now. I mean, this is the way it is when things calm down. It was just a clown show. It's unbelievable how many people supported it. And they don't talk about it now. They wouldn't admit it, but there's a lot of embarrassment. You talk to people, you get a few drinks in Democrats and parts of the country that are not super left, that are not thrilled with the LGBTQ mafia and what they're doing. They're not at all thrilled with... Um, with Black Lives Matter now that the light of days hit them, and they'll admit that 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 hurt that, that hurts us now. That looks silly. People got carried away. These weren't people that participated. And they just did. They just let it go because it was helping them get votes. It was going to help beat Donald Trump with COVID, with some of the voting things going on. And so now we're in this place. The people running it, they don't care. They don't care what's come to to light since then. They don't care that defund the police is hurting congressional Democrats in re-election because these people are on record. And at the time, they were told this is where it's going, right? They were told by Elian Omar, who in Minneapolis managed to make it happen with local leadership, and it turned out to be a disaster. It happened so quickly, it was a good thing. We don't want this happening. Even in cities that might deserve it a little bit for how they vote, we don't want this. And before there was a ripple effect and it caught on, it, it, it took a nosedive in like three months, and they've had to pull it back. And so that defund word that all of them said, because it became a almost like a Trump hate thing, it just took over. It was viral, like COVID. It spread. And they get themselves in an erotic state, right? A state of pure glee, and, and it's intense. You can see it in their face, and they don't care. And they put themselves at the time in a position where if you disagree, even if it's a white person saying we should do these things, if you even question it, and this has been the liberal thing all of my life, long time, is that if you question them, if you were to question Barack Obama, especially his first two years of president, you were a racist or a bigot or a homophobe if you get, go after Pete Buttigieg, who's a complete moron. We've known this. And all he's doing now is talking about electric vehicles, which are not holding up. Uh, today, Kamala Harris did a press conference somewhere, sounding like a condescending kindergarten teacher, tone deaf with what's going on right now. And, and all the while, we have elections coming up where Democrats are scrambling, right? They're scrambling to manage their dialogue from a couple years ago. But remember, they, have, they always have an advantage. Their base forgets easily. They take marching orders more than Republicans do. Right. So and, and this is we're talking amongst absolute chaos. But regardless, um, you know, this uh, 
this environment they're in, it's amazing. When election time comes, Democrats, they reel it in. And and right now we're going to switch to to some election talk, and then we'll talk a bit about Biden and some other things. Um, first, the bad news. And this is, you know, we can... We can let things we want to happen poison what we think is going to happen. I'm pretty certain Herschel Walker is done for politically, not only in this race, but forevermore, uh, as Edgar Allan Poe would say. And, and, and so right as of right now, this is like 30, 40 minutes ago, um, you know, it's uh, Walker uh, Senate campaign cuts ties with its political director. Um, you know, it's been an absolute storm of of crap for Walker since his son went to Twitter, Christian Walker. He's always been, um, at odds with dad, you know, and, and there's a, there's a bit of an eye roll when you hear that, right? This kid's obviously never wanted for anything. Herschel Walker, you probably know is a, you know, a hero of Georgia, uh, on the football field for the university of Georgia, uh, is a, a incredible NFL, all pro running back, uh, physical specimen leader in the community, but he's made a lot of mistakes that I don't know who, if anyone knew about before they made him the favored primary candidate to go up against Warnock, who is very beatable, right? Also African-American, has a domestic abuse video out there. He's, you know, a Reverend Jeremiah Wright supporter, right? The guy that talked about chickens coming home to roost after 9-11. You know, Walker was a great, at first, on-paper opponent. Right. I mean, you know, and, and he's a Trump guy, but guess what? He's not. He's not Trump. And he's not the only one that's tried to be Trump and no one can. It's not going to happen. Herschel Walker should have been Herschel Walker. He also should have been honest and his team should have known about the abortion he paid for. I mean, there's solid evidence and all these things. I mean, if you're a Republican, especially an African-American, we know the left is selectively racist. They're they're not they don't care about a black man if he's a Trump supporter. They'll call you a white supremacist. They've pulled that dialogue off. It's it's amazing that they amongst their people well and it's this again this is the black liberal leadership now. The ones that are pulling all the strings and have the yoke around all the white liberals, the white guilt liberals that handed it over to them during Black Lives Matter. So they went I mean they have no problem taking Herschel down. The, the, these, this is the NAALCP, right? The liberal colored people. That's the folks they want to help. They don't want Herschel Walker doing well. And, and you know, as even with his mistakes, this is a strong black man who would be a great role model for young people. Not just black, young people, white, Hispanic, anyone. And then until you start peeling at the surface, you start finding th- these things out, he loses all of that, especially when he tries to talk around it. He's not, he's not articulating himself well, and he has before. I think it's just this is a big election. You know, you're talking about the U.S. Senate. This isn't the state Senate. This isn't the state assembly. This isn't the mayor of a medium-sized town. This is a big one. So the full force of the Democratic campaign machine, which is powerful, is coming at you. Now, the Republicans have dumped a lot of money here, um, but you can see it. The trend in the polls have gone the wrong way already. They've cut ties with the political director who probably has provided terrible coaching. I got to think that Herschel's not the only one who wanted to lie about 
these things happening. Um, and then you have his son going to Twitter, telling him how bad a father he is. And his son is not some upstanding citizen. I'm pretty sure he's gay. It doesn't matter to me. But, you know, um, just on paper, I'm going to guess that Christian Walker is liberal, you know, in, in a lot of ways, which is fine. Um, doesn't mean he would he, he would intentionally submarine his father's campaign, but he's got issues with his dad. And when somebody's child says that, that he or she is not a good parent, it's hard to argue with that. And, and again, we are a party that's supposed to stand for family and values, right? We are against where the left is going, uh, against these things, right? Against the things that we actually value and want to be consistent with. Believe me, if I'm in Georgia, I'm voting for Herschel Walker all the way. I, I don't care. I'm a policy person. Trump's made me mad about some personal things he's done. I don't care. He knew and knows what he's doing. I think Herschel's done. I, I don't know what they can do. We're a month away. It's one month, 30 days. This is when it's supposed to tighten, and it's it's going in the wrong direction for him. And you got Newt Gingrich making a really strange appeal to defend him. Trump's trying, you know, um, I think I think we just have to, you know, assume this is a loss. It'd be great if it isn't, and who knows. And one thing we have going for us, it's the same in Arizona, is because Georgia has a Republican governor and Republican state assembly and Senate, they were able to pass, pass very important and impactful election reforms. Georgia and Arizona, Texas are the three that come to mind. Needed elsewhere, but you have to have Republicans in all of those houses to do it. When they tried in Pennsylvania um, with Mastrano leading uh, the Senate, if I remember, they, the governor vetoed it. Now, Mastrano, you know, Mastrano, he's running a tough race. His district is purple at best, and he's not cracking that 5% buffer that he needs to soon as you get close. The race will tighten a little, but if you go to, um, you know, I, you probably all will recoil when I say this, but I'm all about results. You know this. And I do feel like the 538 is um, over. It's very, very left-leaning. It's a Democrat pollster. I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my, my head, but he, um, you know, he's he's not doom and gloom for anybody. He's right down the middle, and um, you know, it's interesting. Um, his his Senate forecast is um, is pretty interesting. Um, you know, right now. Um, boy, he's got, he's got, am I reading this right? Yeah, he's got it. Um, basically the Democrats are slightly favored to win the Senate. I would agree right now, if you had to pick, you know, election days, um, you know, election day is who knows what's going to happen. Um, Nevada's close. Uh, the 538 thinks that that is an ace in the hole for Republicans. Um, I'd like to see masters in Arizona doing a little better, against the astronaut guy. Was it Bradley? I'm drawing a blank. There's a lot of names here. Uh, Masters of the Republican. I think he did well. They had a debate last night. But, um, you know, right now, um, there's, you know, there's a pretty good chance it's 50-50 again with sweet Kamala making the call. Um, and, and, you know, you just get into, like, he's got Georgia going to Warnock. Um, he's got Arizona. I'm sorry, it's Kelly over Blake Masters uh, with an 81% chance. He, I mean, shoot, that's 
He's got Kelly basically locked right now. And I hate to say it, the 538's been right. He's got it dead even between Masto and Laxalt. Um, Adam Laxalt's the Republican in Nevada, like 51-49. And so it's, you know, Pennsylvania, you know, Oz, boy, they – this is incredible. And, um, you know, I mean, they've got it as what I would consider a wipeout right now. And, and this Fetterman guy is a total loser. I, I just don't see someone like that on the Republican side being able to win. People wouldn't show up. Oz, and, and this is a different conversation. We can have it now. I, I hate to say it. I agree with a little bit of what Mitch McConnell said about this slate of candidates running for the Senate. Um. Uh, Oz seems like a good guy, but he's a character. Herschel Walker's a character, right? You know, I mean, everything about your past comes to light. Donald Trump overcame it. Guess who's not Donald Trump? Dr. Oz, Herschel Walker, Doug, is it Doug Mastriano? These guys, Masters, Laxalt, they're not Donald Trump. Some try to be. Um, Oz, I think, has done the best he can, but man, that's concerning. I mean, he, you know, he's... They have it as a 73 to 27, 73% chance of Fetterman winning. This is the guy that barely showed up as lieutenant governor, attacked a black man who was jogging in his neighborhood with a baseball bat years ago, has had a stroke, and um, is, you know, is barely able to appear. He wears a, you know, he wears sweats, and he's got this like tough guy thing. He's got a shaved head. He looks like Mr. Clean with a goatee. I think he tries to, he's trying to be like a Jesse Ventura right? Like hardcore working man guy. And he's a trust funder. So they really, it shows what the Democrats can do with the worst piece of clay. I mean, they could mold a a turd into a winnable election. And it's kind of impressive. Um, You know, I'm not going to underestimate Trump. So Trump is going to hit Pennsylvania. He's going to hit Arizona, Nevada, probably Georgia. And I don't know where else... um, you know, the, um, the, the, the forecasted Senate right now at 538 is, looks like, um, what do they got? I mean, it looks like a slight hold, maybe 5149 for the Democrats. So that's good, right? You know, it, it's a, it's a tough election. The Supreme Court didn't do us any favors in the timing of their ruling of Roe v. Wade, which was totally correct regarding states' rights and what the states govern and decide, 100% correct. Guess what? Nobody on the left is allowed to understand that. They've melted down. And so that has um, that has put Arizona, I think, more out of reach and definitely Pennsylvania. Um, they've mobilized that group quite well. So Hispanics, where are they going to go? Are they going to show up? in a way that these polls have shown us, right? Are they going to go close to all in? I mean, we're not talking, when I say all in, I mean like, are we going to get close to over 50%? You go to a place like Maricopa County, can we cut into that? Now, Maricopa County, I think, had a lot of issues. We'll just leave it there with the election. It's going to be tougher for them to cheat. Even the smallest slight. I mean, remember, they had covid Boards hiding themselves last time, distancing, um, and, you know, mail-in voting that was rampant, Nevada being the worst of it. 
So it's interesting now, all of a sudden, Nevada, which has been out of reach for Republicans for a long time, Nevada now is within reach. I never thought I'd be saying that a reputable pollster, I mean, really, 538's only only thing they've really had wrong was the 2016 presidential election, and that (laughs) most people did. Um, I'll go to Trafalgar next. We love those guys. They were the ones that, like, really the only ones that called 2016, and people thought they were crazy. But 538 has been pretty accurate, and they're not blowing, you know, they're not snow blowing the Democrats here. Uh, they think uh, that um, Nevada could be the Senate Republicans' ace in the hole. Um, they have the House going to Republicans, uh, that they're slightly favored. I think I would agree with that. It's a, just right now the way the, the districts that are up for grabs really help the Republicans. But it's all going to come down to turnout. And are Republicans going to be as stupid as they were last time? And I mean it when I say this. And this is something Rush Limbaugh, God rest his soul, caught a week out. So did Trump, and it was too late. We know him. Most don't admit it. But there are Republicans who planted their flag and wanted to die on the hill of I'm voting only on election day. You stupid morons. Early in-person voting is election day. It's more convenient. You can schedule your busy life around. You're a Republican. You're a conservative. You're probably working. You're earning. You're busy. So do you want to thread the needle on a Tuesday evening in November in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania, to get your critical vote in? I'm sorry. That was stupid. That was stupid to push that paranoia to the point where people didn't want to in-person early vote. Okay, you don't like mail-in voting? Fine. I don't love it either. But absentee ballots get counted if it's close. They count. In-person early voting is, what's the problem? You think your vote, your digital entered, calculated, and received vote is going to disappear before election day? They're going to delete it. They'll delete it on election day. I'm sorry, that's paranoia to the fullest extent. It's out of control. People need to show their ass up at a scheduled time where they can make it on a Monday, on a Thursday, Friday afternoon. I mean, can you imagine what happens to people on a Tuesday? Their kid gets sick, more traffic, people get tired. All of a sudden that, well, it's just one vote temptation creeps in. Boom, and you wake up the next day and instead of it just being you, it was 15 or 16 or 30,000 of you dumbasses in Arizona or in Georgia. That was the difference. Way less than that. That was the difference. So vote in person, fine. Do it early. Everybody has early in-person voting. The Democrats are going to mail it in. Nevada no longer has this universal mail-out ballots as much as we want crap. That's why the race is tight because they did cheat with that. That's the biggest cheat, the harvesting and the ballot counting. It's not about counting votes. It's about ballots. Stuff the boxes. The mobile crap in Atlanta where we saw people dumping ballots into boxes, that's gone. We know it's gone, and we know it's good for us because Stacey Abrams, who's running for governor, is already complaining. All right, She's not just the candidate for governor. She's the representative of what went right for Biden, right? making it happen any way she could. Right, The whole voting rights and accessibility push came from her. And it was brilliant because she knew what she was working with and she maxed it out. She optimized it. She's lost that power in key areas. Um, now, Nevada it makes me nervous. It's just a month away. 
this universal mail-in stuff, it's not, it's still there. It's just not going to be as rampant as it was because the COVID excuse has not been brought back. We've seen Fauci recently get, you know, marched out um, to make an update that there could be another bad winter. I mean, he's just a joke. Omicron's spreading quite a bit. It's minor. It's great for future variants, meaning it's it's basically flushing them out. It's choking them out because it spreads so easily. And so, so many people have had it with such minimal symptoms. You know, it is, I believe, combined with vaccination has helped, um, you know, created this kind of herd thing. Now with vaccination, I'm, I'm not, I've never been 100% sure about it. They just released a study that if you've had four shots in two years, so two and two, two plus two boosters within a 48 month or less period, a lot of people did, you have potential other risks, right? We already know the myocarditis, there are risks. And I think it's people's right not to do it. And at this point, you know, whether you've had COVID or not, if you haven't been vaccinated, unless you have to for travel or something, which that's really going away, I don't see why you'd do it. I mean, I've had a, a cup, I've had three and I get, I'm allergic. It's a nightmare for 24 hours. I hate it, but I've had to do it for other reasons. I'm not going to die on that hill for jobs, for people, things like that. If it's my livelihood and I can survive it and I've been okay so far, I'm getting the shot. That's my choice. I'm kind of with Trump on that. Um, but, you know, we, we have to, we have to be real about this. Uh, we are not, we are not where we should be regarding the election. We really should be doing better. We should have a better candidate than Herschel Walker. I'm sorry if you like him. I like him too. Not a good candidate. Should have probably done better than Mehmet Oz in Pennsylvania. These are two very, these guys had great window dressing, right? Mehmet Oz, Oprah, everybody loves him. Guess what? Now half the people that loved him hated him because they've been told to hate him. And, and these guys never learn. They never learn how quickly, it's not just being unfriended by the left. It goes from worshiping you to death threat level hate. The moment you oppose them now, because really anytime you oppose them now, you're a Trumper, right? That is that is the, um, that is the sad part of this. Um, now, does it help us with independence? I think a little bit. I think I think the independence, which I've always kind of been mesmerized by that existing. You know, every state's different. Um, they they don't like being told there's something um, you know, political based on one or two views. And and remember, this is all the Democrats have abortion and hating Trump. That's it. That is their um, uh, <laughs> that is that is that is their campaign, right? Pro-choice women's bodies and MAGA Republicans, right? Trump or Biden's latest, um, you know, um, uh, word salad he throws out there, MAGA Republicans, MAGA. You notice he slowed it down. Um, Like many things Biden says, it it doesn't have the positive effect that he'd hope. Um, So, um, you know, he he just talked about nuclear Armageddon recently. Um, That that's pretty amazing based on, you know, Putin's threat to use short, you know, short range nukes on Ukraine, which I think is, you know, a small, tiny possibility, which is scary in and of itself. But again, they're all backpedaling. I mean, Armageddon is basically saying, hey, we'll just start launching nukes. We're ending it. And that's a big word. That's that's a meteor coming after, you know, coming at the planet, circa Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck. So he did it again. It's like, dude, you know, Brandon, settle down. Um, you know, Hunter Biden has 
has charges getting dropped. I mean, it, it feels like they're going to charge him with something. And I just think, I think it's been a great job by Fox News, the, the laptop from hell kind of movement to make this a story that the FBI ground team, the agents that are good people, not the DC, you know, minions, not the administrative level political hacks, but the, you know, um, rank and file FBI special agents, the, the guys that actually do law enforcement know about these things, right? They, 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 you know, there are a lot of conservatives, right? In that organization, there are a lot of people that don't care and they shouldn't about politics. They want to be a part of what the justice department, the DOJ should be. And then as you prosecute somebody, if there's enough evidence of a crime, you take it to the U S attorneys, they look at it and they say, yeah, you have evidence. You did your job as the, you know, the Hoover detective agency. You got the evidence, you put a case together, you built one, then we work together, U.S. attorney and agents, and we take them, we, we, we charge them, see what they do. Um, Dershow, Alan Dershowitz, who is one of the bravest men in the United States, I, you know, I think even literally, you know, Democrat lawyer, famous Clinton lawyer, who is one of those very few consistent people out there in the political spectrum, like Bill Maher, who is equally hard now on conservatives and the left. And Dershowitz said, you know, a while ago, he's like, what is going on with this selective enforcement of the law? And boy, I mean, he, he'll tell you, he says in interviews, he can't, he can't, he didn't get invited to anything in the Hamptons anymore. He says it tongue in cheek. He has no friends. And this is New York Alan Dershowitz. I mean, hero of the ACLU civil rights lawyer teams, I mean, the, the movement. And here he is, you know, saying that Biden's not going to pardon Hunter before the election, which Allen knows the political landscape. He's right. I mean, that would be crazy if Biden gets char- or if Hunter gets charged. And this was like, this wasn't doesn't seem like it's directly related to laptop stuff, uh, some fraud things. I mean, I you know I haven't seen what the possible sentencing will be. He's the son of the president of the United States. He's part of a mafia type family. They're not going to throw the book at him. So you know, don't get excited about that. They'll cut a deal. Um, and that'll take time. And then after the deal's cut, probably after the midterms, far enough out from the presidential election, is that'll pardon him. I mean, he's not going to watch his kid go to jail. None of us would. He didn't kill anybody that we know of. So Hunter's not going to jail. And it'll look really bad for Biden, not because he pardoned him, because it shows, okay, he, has, he does have a convicted criminal for a son. I mean, say what you want about Don Trump Jr. and the family they haven't committed serious crimes. And so what happens is now we have proof if these charges happen and if he's convicted or has to plea out, it's proof that they have a son that has been vulnerable for a long time. Now what we can and should be able to do is start looking at the things that we know happened that have been pushed away by the left-wing media like the money from China. You can start chipping away at that and make that a small part of the 2024 campaign, which then will probably be the straw that breaks the camel's back and has Biden bow out, which he's probably already going to do. That again factors into the, he's going to pardon his kid. I mean, he's not planning on running for re-election. He's already nuclear waste to the Democrats. I mean, they, they have a great chance, a de- I mean, a good chance of keeping the Senate at least 
without a strong president. Now, they're saying his favorability just jumped in a poll up to 44%. That's still really low, up from like 38. Um, you know, regardless of what happens to Hunter, Biden's really fumbling a lot of things. And I don't believe he wants to be doing what he's doing with OPEC and now possibly Venezuela. So focusing a little bit on Biden, you got a guy that stopped drilling on federal lands, right? Oil and natural gas, if I remember correctly, right after he took office, right? You know, executive order move, went nuts with him, more so than Trump. And we lost out on what I what I read is about a million barrels of our own production a day. Now, we were never truly, we need to cover this, we were never truly energy independent, meaning we were providing all of our own energy. That term is used and is really synonymous with being net positive energy, meaning exporting more than we take in, right? So that it essentially is, you know, we are, we have enough to either sell or sustain. But all that time during Trump's presidency included, we were importing oil from OPEC, some from Russia, other places, Mexico, but we were producing enough to where we could use it and work the money out to where we're exporting it and making it a deal to be better for us because oil is oil. Right, sure. The more from our own work, our own labor, the better. American made all the way, natural gas included, which we have a ton of. But now we're we're not net positive. We have now become dependent on foreign oil, OPEC plus included. What's the plus mean with Russia? Which built in a little excuse for the Democrats. It's not working. But because of Biden's own actions, he had to go to OPEC and ask for more supply, ask them to just not even cut. And not only did they not offer more supply, they've cut supply, now forcing Biden to go to the strategic reserves again, not only for our own use, but to continue exporting and bringing in revenue. This is desperate. This is not what the strategic reserve is for, right? The strategic reserve is to hold us up, and they say it may be like maybe 45 days, in a time of real supply crisis. Now, since he's tapping into it for the second time, I don't know the amount of reserve we have and what it would provide if we were completely shut off from oil, meaning our own supply, imports, whatever, or if we took a major import hit. That's what the strategic reserves are really for. He's now broke that piggy bank twice. And the talk, I thought this was just going to be a one-day blip. I didn't take it seriously, but there's now talk of importing from Venezuela, letting Chevron go in, and they'll do it. I don't blame them. They're, they're a publicly traded company. Having Chevron go in, drill, refine, and tap into making a deal with the repressive communist dictatorship of Venezuela, right? I mean, we have sanctions against against them for all the right reasons. So this leader of ours has painted us into such a corner that we are bad-mouthing Putin, saying Putin's the reason OPEC did this. This is Putin, right? Putin's to blame for everything, right? If you're paying $20 for a loaf of bread, that's Putin's fault, right? Not not the decrease in supply of fuel that's led to increase in prices, not the rescue plan and other massive spending that infused money into the system, devaluing the dollar and leading to inflation, right? All these things could have been avoided, but Biden had to do what he ran on. And he didn't say much about it when he ran because liberals typically, typically can't win elections identifying as liberal. That's changing, which is unfortunate. Biden comes from the day where you, you had to act like a tough guy. 
You had to sound like you were an alpha. You had to be tough on crime. You had to talk that way. Shit, you had to... Apparently back when he was running, back in the day, for president, like his third time out of six, you had to be so hard on crime that you referred to cities as racial jungles. They don't like to talk about that. Um, but, you know, this is, this is you know, this goes back to that hilarious, hey, he's restored our image in the world. I don't think people are really thrilled with Venezuela. We're not the only ones. And our neighbors in South America surrounding Venezuela do not, do not like Western countries dealing with Venezuela for anything, even if it's a unique resource that Venezuela has, because it is dangerous to be a neighbor of that country. They've already had a major famine. We never truly know how bad it's going to be down there. And here comes American money. And again, you open up and start drilling, start refining our own supply that Biden has shut down. I don't know the exact math. I don't want to be oversimplistic about this, but it certainly, I think, would eliminate the need to go to Venezuela. I mean, where next? I mean, we're already beg- you're begging a country, Saudi Arabia, that in the open killed a journalist. I mean, took the guy into a room and executed him, right? And that was the absolute screech and cry of the left a couple years ago. Now they don't want to talk about it. Can you imagine if Donald Trump was going to OPEC right now, led by Saudi Arabia, asking them for help in anything? That story would be torching him. It would be all over the place, even on Fox News. So there's that that undertone right now where Biden is just able, it's frustrating, he's able to get away with a lot. I mean, just think about what he's said and done. I mean, I, I didn't predict it would be this bad. Um, he can barely read. He, he just looks ancient. They propped him up on 60 Minutes a couple weeks ago, and he's just, you know, foot and mouth again on foreign policy, basically said, we'd, we'd go to war with China if they invaded, invaded Taiwan. Hey, listen, the Taiwanese people are great. Sorry, I needed some water. Um, they, they love Americans. We have a great relationship and military strategic partnership with them. But I'm not going to war for them, not with China. I'm sorry. I mean, it's just after what we've been through in places like Afghanistan, the country doesn't have an appetite for it at all. I'm sorry, not China. Do I think we'd win? Probably. But, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, that, that's a whole different animal. And they're itching for it. And they are not having diversity and inclusion seminars amongst their ranks like we are, for example, the Air Force Academy. Right? These are officer candidates that are just learning a little bit, I think, warped priorities compared to what officer candidates should be learning. I'm not talking about diversity and certain things being learned being bad. I'm talking about the mission. I'm talking about merits over what someone looks like or what gender they are. And whether you like it or not, the Department of Defense is not a boys have a penis, girls have a vagina organization anymore. That's part of this training. Um, you know, there, there's the whole poly, um, you know, BIPOC stuff going on. I mean, you can identify anything you want. And that's one thing. Okay, in and of itself, maybe that's not a problem. It's the privilege that comes with it. And it's the special treatment. And I'm sorry, there is no special treatment in the military. There's rank, there's orders, and there's mission. And the beauty of what the military was is that everybody came in from different walks of life, different places, looking different. 
different views, and it didn't matter, frankly. Y'all came together, had your head shaved, or cut really short for the ladies, and it didn't matter what your name was. You had expectations, and you needed each other to get through. And that's how it's built. That's how it's supposed to be. It's your brothers, your sisters, that's it. And it's real simple. You say, yes, sir, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir, whatever, to the people that outrank you. You do your job. You're coached. You're trained. Now you have people at the Air Force Academy walking around with these purple rope deals around their shoulder as like basically the diversity police. They're there for support. But I'm sorry, we know they're reporting. They're watching. This is not um, promoting good order and discipline, as it says in the Uniform Code of Military Justice. So this is really a bad time, I think, to poke the Chinese bear. Um, and, And here comes Biden, when really we just need economies opened. We need money. We need goods being sold and imported at the best price we can. And we need to do what we can to build it here which is tough with inflation. It's tough to hire more people. It's tough to keep staff, especially for small businesses right now. So the environment's terrible for Biden. I think Biden will get crushed by just about anyone if he's running for re-election. Midterms are different. This is a weird one. And I'm not exactly sure what it looks like. I mean, God, it's all over the place. Um, I'll keep watching the polls. I think the most valuable, accurate prediction, as with any election, could be made about three days out. You know, the day before, maybe, but those races get really wonky the day before as far as polls. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure even matters. Like three days out, if someone's down five points, you know, unless there's a storm or some kind of crazy, it's over. Whoever, whoever's losing is done. Um, And I don't, um, you know, um, I don't empathize with the Republicans if they don't, I mean, if they don't take both houses. I think this it's a it's again with an opportunity to change leadership in the Republican Party to go the Trump direction, the MAGA direction with some some candidates that pass muster that we know are going to take fire from every direction. Nobody's immune once they're on that ticket. You have to be and not only are you, once you're a Republican and you're a threat to win it's over. Doesn't matter who you were. Doesn't matter what you look like, right? You become Kanye West. And so I think, I think if we don't win the Senate, it's going to be close. It'll be one or two seats. So you're talking Pennsylvania and Georgia, winnable states, right? States that Trump won in 2016. And you know, well within the margins, airtight, close for, for some obvious reasons, but either way, close in 2020 with COVID mail-in ballots and all that crap, it was still close. And we blew it if we don't win though. That, that's us, right? We, we know what they're going to do. Don't whine about what they do and what they say. Don't make excuses for Herschel Walker. Guys, it's, it's, he sucks right now, right? He just sucks. It's all about, I don't care what kind of guy he is or how he sounds. I'm all about results, man. He's not doing it, not cutting it. Um, you know, it's too late to replace him. We got to get behind him. He's making it really difficult. Pennsylvania, you know, Oz again, I mean, outsider, right? Yada, 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 not Trump. And believe me, you know, the, honestly, the closest, <laughs> the closest to Donald Trump is Kanye West, 
right? I mean, he's he's you know out there with some consistency, and uh, he's he's known as the Jesus Walks rapper. I, I thought that whole thing a couple years ago was a momentary sort of excitement deal that he would just walk, he would just ease away from. I never thought he was going to flip away. He had a moment where he was scared and trying to backpedal. But what he realized is, why am I doing this? These people I'm catering to hate me no matter what. Even if I denounce the MAGA movement, make America great and Trump, even if he were to denounce it after embracing it, it wouldn't be enough because he dared to question. He dared to go off of what they called a Democrat plantation. And when he saw that, he realized, wow, they almost got me. They almost got me to put that chain on again. They almost got me to fall in line. And he has the power, the influence to survive not doing it and still have a career. And that's not common, even for a black man in this world. They don't care. They are. They will call Kanye West a white supremacist just for appearing, having a White Lives Matter shirt on, right? And he was with Candace Owens. It's irony. It's... It's smart. It is trolling. And now his upcoming concert in Los Angeles has been canceled, right? Hours before his Tucker Carlson interview, which was pretty incredible. And I'll give Kanye credit. He wasn't overly scripted. It's a a little tough at times to follow him. I bounced back a little bit just to kind of understand, and I do get him. I was trying to like, I was really looking for cracks in this. Like, is this still, is this real? I now believe it is. I mean, if you go on Tucker Carlson, right? You know, you're wearing this black 2023 hat, it looks like. And you're chilling with the demon in their eyes. I mean, it's not just saying, it's not just wearing a hat or a shirt. You went on Tucker Carlson. That's our guy, right? That's, they, they, they've painted him as a, a Nazi lunatic. So he said he was going to be at SoFi Stadium where the Rams play on November 4th. It just got canceled. And he writes, I think this is ironically, I wonder if it had something to do with my White Lives Matter tea. What y'all think? Um, so um, this is this is not happening. Um, and he's got the text message. So he, he wrote, or this was, um, it looks like Nick Bachman, probably his uh, publicist or promoter. Nick, it's Nicholas Bildstein. Um, he texts, we have the idea for SoFi Stadium. So something they were they were needing to get back to them on, on maybe their entrance, how they're going to close the show, whatever. And um, this guy, Vaughn, who is clearly you know a hitter with SoFi, could be the booking in the booking office, whatever, wrote, I just got news from Vaughn. Oh, this is, wait a minute. Um, oh, this is, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is Bildstein texting Kanye referencing Vaughn, who works with SoFi or whatever organization that runs um, their concerts. He just got word from Vaughn that SoFi isn't available any longer due to inability to staff the event on the current notice. I've already asked twice to investigate further if there's any way to make it happen regardless, but they got back with a firm no. So they don't have the, the balls to tell them why, right? Probably for legal reasons. I mean, there was, I'm sure there was something tentative signed and, um, you know, it sounds like SoFi wasn't totally on the hook yet. Maybe it was a shorter notice instead of 60 days or a year. It was 10 months, who knows, but they backed out. 
and it has everything to do with Tucker Carlson. And the left is fine with that, right? Kanye deserves to go to prison for life, just like anybody who threw a book on the Jan- on Jan- in the January 6th, you know, riots and, you know, whatever. I mean, they did. I mean, there are people rioting inside that building. But, I mean, they want everybody who was just standing there going to jail. And if you polled 100% of Democrats, I think 5% would say they should all be executed. I really do. That's where they are, right? We're, we're dealing with lunatics, and you're working with them. I'm not talking about people in a faraway land, in a hostel, or, you know, a microbrew pub getting ready to go to a, um, you know, Portland Timbers soccer game. They're there too. There are people in your office somewhere, in your company, that believe that January 6th was a coordinated terrorist attack by Donald Trump and that he and anyone involved should be hung. They're not exaggerating. There are like a few million people, Americans, people who can vote, people with families, people who have kids, that on a polygraph would tell you absolutely I'd support it. I'd kick the stool out from under their feet would be enough of them too. That's what we're dealing with. These are the people that stir everybody up to hate Kanye on their side. And so, um, you know, he's, he's doubling down, right? I don't know what he, I mean, he's, he's losing money now officially, right? Of course he can take it, but what happens next? I mean, his shoe line, you know, I mean, I don't know his contract. I believe it's with Adidas. I mean, these, these shoes are a huge deal and I don't think people are going to stop buying them. You know, the pop culture market is, I mean, they're not they are not that ate up with somebody's politics. If the shoes look good and people are wearing them on social media, they want them and they'll pay thousands for them, at least hundreds. And so um, he's, he's trying, I think, to help. I think he's finding an identity with Christianity and politics. That's difficult, but it can be done. And um, he might be an authentic version of, of Trump, right? Somebody that can actually pull it off, but not running for office, right? Kind of what Trump is now, sort of a a headwind guy, somebody that can pump the brakes a little bit as a black man, a successful black man, and as a role model with millions and millions of followers, things he says are going to be heard. He has a platform. And I think he's a net positive as an ally. Wasn't sure a while ago. His antics were a little bit much but I mean, it's authentic, right? I mean, we're talking about a guy that, um, you know, um, has really no skin in this. I mean, there's a lot of money in getting on the liberal woke bandwagon and the hashtags, right? I mean, you can make a lot of money doing that. Um, but now he's out there with white lives matter shirts. And I think this is a big F you to people around him based on what he said. He's been he's been mocked, he's been labeled, and he's been essentially treated like an indentured servant of the woke movement because he's not doing what he's told. And it looks like he's one of those personalities, for better or for worse, that doesn't care about the collateral damage when he fights. Right now, I like it. Um, I like how he carries himself. I like where he's going with this. I like that he took a concert cancellation right on the chin, made a tweet about it, and is moving on. I mean, that's, I don't care that he's extremely wealthy. He lost a lot of money in that. So good for him. Um, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stay with this. We've got a lot to talk about. I'm going to look more at the polls. I did promise to talk about Trafalgar. Um, 
They do have um, a generic ballot poll from September that says the Republican candidate in this generic ballot, meaning who would you want overall? So this could be people, this is people all over the country. Overall, who would you want running Congress? 51.3% say Republican candidate, 45.6% say Democrat, 3.1% undecided. That's a pretty healthy margin, right? Trafalgar, like 538, has a great reputation. So they, and they do, I mean, boy, they, they, you go to Trafalgar Group's website, they really, they really get into, um, um, all the detail. I mean, not, not just Senate and House, but governors. They're constantly polling. Um, they do have a fair, a lot of the stuff they've done in early October are kind of the smaller races that we don't care about as much. If you go back to September, you'll see the Colorado Senate raise Biden approval. I think those are irrelevant now. Don't, don't get excited. Um, but it is a bit crazy. In, in Trafalgar um, himself, will be getting interviewed soon. You'll start seeing him on Fox News on the different shows. He's got a number of races really close, really close that no one's talking about. So if I look at Wisconsin, for instance, the Wisconsin governor, right? Good old Tony Evers, right? COVID hypocrisy, lockdown Tony Evers. He's losing by 0.7% as of September, right? I mean, that's that's pretty, no one's talking about that. So, you know, watch Trafalgar. He wants to nail this one because he had Trump winning, even though he said Pennsylvania was corrupt and he didn't trust any of his numbers back in 2020. He needs to be accurate here. So does 538. This is huge. And they're head to head. They reference each other tongue in cheek. Pollsters are all buddies, right? They, they, they get nervous when they differ each other a significant amount. You're the Reuters guys, all of them. They don't like having big gaps. If you do, you better be right. So we're going to watch. Those are the two I'm going to focus on because this is their life. I mean, 538 does NHL predictions. I mean, these guys are into it. So um, they do stock market, big data, millions and millions of dollars spent on software for both these organizations, predictive models. They're partisan, yes, but boy, not to the point where they want to sacrifice being accurate and lose these interviews and lose this notoriety because if they if they whiff too much, they don't, they don't get the call. Somebody else will. It's extremely competitive. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. It's been an hour. It's been great to be back. Um, tell your friends. Get them energized. I'm going to be back Monday. Like I said, it's Friday, October 7th, um, 2022, and I will see you in a couple days, and I'll have some more information. We'll watch the polls and uh, hope things turn around a little bit for good old Herschel Walker. Take care, everybody.